This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. You're listening to the Offscript podcast, and today we're helping you sleep a little bit better. Toby Wright is a Grammy Award-winning producer, but he's set his sights on something completely different. He wants to help people heal themselves using frequencies. He'll tell us more about it. The Big Interview with Offscript. We're going to move on to this interview for today's show, and it's with Toby Wright. He's a Grammy Award-winning producer. His name has become synonymous with some of the f- most famous heavy metal music ever made. He's been a producer, mixer, engineer of the multi-platinum records for Alice in Chains, Metallica, Korn, Motley Crue, uh, Three Doors Down, Slayer, Ozzy Osbourne, Kiss, Stone Sour. I mean, what a resume that is, yeah. among many others. As a musical engineer, his creative ability has become renowned within the industry but today we're actually going to focus on a chapter of his life which has led to the creation of a very unique auditory healing program you've got to bear with us with this one it's a bit strange it's a bit left field but it starts to make a bit more sense as we as we delve into it because as we're going to learn certain sounds and rhythms can sync up with our brainwave frequencies for example Sone, when you and i are having a conversation mm-hmm. our brains are producing about 15 hertz worth of energy when you're asleep that drops to about three or four okay and um when you're the sounds and rhythms that that, that the kind of natural frequencies create matches up with your brain particularly when you're asleep you're able to get into these deep states of sleep known as rem so when this sync up happens it deepens our sense of peace and relaxation our bodies take the time to rest repair and restore and The reason Toby stumbled upon this was actually due to a very unfortunate accident. We're going to go back to the beginning of his journey. So as as I mentioned, he is a globally renowned producer, mixer and engineer for a number of heavy metal bands. But this is a totally different angle for this story. And it started with an accident. I was on my way home from from a meeting and I came around the corner and this lady decided to stop dead in the middle of the road. And I stopped, and then the person behind me was on their phone or doing something, and they didn't even hit their brakes. And they came up and smacked into my car, and I was kind of sandwiched between two cars. They had to get me out through the sunroof, um, and they took me to the hospital, and I had some pretty major nerve damage to the right side of my body from the impact Um, because she hit me doing, you know, 50 miles an hour or something crazy like that. It was then uh, I took to, you know, I, I want to be better. I, you know, I don't like pain. Nobody likes pain. Um, and I had a lot of nerve pain, which is really, it's a, it's a, a burning sensation, a lot of that going on. Um, and none of the doctors I went to seemed to be able to help. I went, did Eastern medicine, Western medicine, all of the above, and nothing was helping. And so I was very frustrated. I turned to the internet and I found this thing called sound healing, um, which I had never heard of before. And I started studying it and literally hundreds of websites and thousands of pages later, I came up with, you know, some research and some uh, lists of frequencies and things that would are supposed to help you. And so I decided, you know what, the only way for me to actually know is to go make one and find out. So I took all these, you know, frequencies and went to my studio that I had in Woodland Hills at the time and just got in there and put down a bunch of frequencies, you know, and I went to listen to it and it was like, ew, this is gross. Like 
that, that won't even be nice or pleasant to listen to. Why would, how is that going to heal you? Okay, so he's exploring this very bizarre. He's been to see Western doctors, Eastern doctors. He's he's delved into a pretty much the whole kaleidoscope of different types of medicine mm. to try and get answers. His right eye had started drooping. He was experiencing numbness, burning sensation in his upper cranial area. So his situation was not very good. Yeah. And um, he had not nearly enough answers and was doing his own research. So... How did he, having kind of discovered this sound healing idea, how did he achieve a personal breakthrough? This is where the story gets a little bit more bizarre. I had a dream, and I've had the same kind of a dream for um, about since then, actually. (laughs) Um, And the dream, you know, it goes through the sound healing process. But but what happens is I, I go into this Mediterranean uh, looking building. There's the same blonde woman there uh, who's, you know, there she's there every time. She says, hello, Toby or Mr. Wright. Um, you know, today you're in yellow 15 or red 27 or, you know, a color and a, and a number. Um, behind her are all these arched colored hallways. And I find the correct color, match it with the, you know, then match the room number. Go in, uh, put on a gown, lay face down on what looks like a massage table because it has the donut thing. Um, And, you know, all I see is a pair of shoes and then somebody slips some headphones on me and I listen to a tonality. Um, And it's just, you know, it's not music. It's just this sound. And come to find out that that was the heal. That's one of the healing tonalities that I've made. Um, And I didn't, you know... In the dream, I couldn't figure out what it was. And for a long time, it was very frustrating because I couldn't figure out how to make that sound that was in my dream. You know, I tried tons of stuff. And then all of a sudden, when I went to the studio and put all my frequencies together, there it was. And I was like, whoa, that's the sound out of my dream. It would I I would keep um, playing the same dream over and over and over again until I wrote it down. And then it would take another step. Yeah, it was like Groundhog Day, but only worse. <laughs> so this is this is exactly what we talked about a week ago. Right, we talked about dreams and people that had used their subconscious memories or visions that came to them in a dream yeah. to come up with a groundbreaking idea or their business True. idea, you yeah. know, something like that. And this is it's come to them in a dream. And in Toby's case, it wasn't the dream wasn't evolving; it was repeating, it was recurring ad right. infinitum. But when he started keeping a journal and writing it down, the dream started to progress, and the story within his own mind started to progress. So it reoccurred frequently. Over over a period of several years, he started to write down the dreams. The dream started to, the storyline, the narrative within the dream started to move on and other sounds revealed themselves. He actually says he believes that it's a gift that he has uniquely. So what is Tomes? Toby has moved away from his music background to produce tonalities. It's not music as we know it. And he explains how they work. Most people, uh, healthy people that sleep about eight hours a night, only only get about 20 minutes of REM a night. And REM is where you heal. You know, you want the most REM you can. So the thinking behind tomes and, and my thought is that if I can keep you in REM longer when you sleep, then... Sounds like you'll be healing longer, right? That's the, that's my theory. So, in order to keep you in REM, how do how would I do that? So that means I have to somehow sync 
your brain to the music, right? Because I said that every your brain wants to sync to your environment at all times. So if you're wearing headphones or you're playing this music in the background when you sleep, then your brain wants a complex waveform. It loves complex waveforms, right? Um, and so a complex waveform being anything besides like a single frequency uh, sine wave, right? Because that's not too complex. The brain gets bored and pushes it aside. Um, but when you have many frequencies, it can be, you know, a complex waveform. When that happens, you, you know, your brain is thinking about it, but it's also, you know, there's components in here that I can, you know, bring you down to two and three and four hertz, which is where you'll sleep, where you'll be in REM and you'll heal faster and, and more. So ultimately, what was the effect on Toby's condition after he started going to sleep, listening to tomes mm -hmm. while he slept? How quickly did he start noticing improvements? And he says it was a very lengthy process that took over a year. He slowly progressed from complete numbness in his sensation to pins and needles, and then a gradual recovery of feeling in his right side. And I asked him if the feeling had been fully restored. He said about 90%. He said that there are That's still some parts good. of the right side of his body that do feel a little bit odd. Mm. Um, I wanted to find out, though, through the, his study of this, whether it's something that works particularly well for specific conditions or whether it has a more wide-reaching regenerative property. Did he have any case studies of anyone that this has helped? He did, and it's fair to say it's not what I expected. My partner is down in Mobile, Alabama, and he has a horse rescue farm. And he had a, uh, a a mare that was a bit feisty, you might say, and he was a bit scared of her. And so he put her in this round pen and then put a Bluetooth speaker and started, um, you know, playing tomes through it and just wanted to refresh or restore, you know, tonalities. And he said within 15 minutes, the horse had calmed down and came over and put its head about five feet away from, from the Bluetooth speaker and just rested it there. And he said that whenever he went out to, you know, he would go out on the outside of the pen because he's still a little bit scared of this horse, um, you know, because it's a rescue. And he um, he said he would just leave that playing and he would go in there and brush her and, you know, all that kind of stuff and feed her. And she was just felt like a, a very humble and nice horse now. I was after a human case study, but um, we got an animal one, which I'll take. Yeah, I mean, it seems to apply. If yeah. you've seen the results of something, you've seen the results of it. And, you know, is it fair to say, would you think that technology has become so invasive, which we've talked about so many times on this yeah. show, that um, it sort of scrambled our own sort of sense of um, oneness, oneness or... with the environment oh. around us, kind of, you know, that, we, that there's various studies on the effects of phones close to your bedside when you're sleeping sure. and the disruptive effect that they have and whether you check it or you're on it late at night. There's, there's loads of experts that always say that that's a very bad thing to do. And I think that... Obviously, I think technology has sort of created a, a heightened sense of anxiety among society at large, I would say. Just uh, I'm not saying that, that we're, we're, we're more anxious than we were 20 mm. years ago, but I think that the sort of um, this has conspired to create a general sense of more antsiness. Is that something you would agree with? I would definitely agree with it. Werner Herzog actually did an interesting documentary on this where he looked at different aspects of how technology and phones affect us. Some of it, the content, but another aspect of it, you know, people who were feeling like they were having radiation sickness from their phones. Really? 
Yeah, and actually deliberately went out to zones where there weren't those kind of signals so that they could avoid it. So even though those are small numbers and it's a certain kind of perception of, of people that have that. But yeah, I 100% agree with that. So what about people in Toby's study of tones? Could he share a story about someone who had had a breakthrough? Uh, it was a 21-year-old female from um, Canada. Um, and her mom had called, uh, was a friend of my partner, and they had been talking about, you know, life and stuff. And, you know, it came up that um, the mom's, you know, daughter uh, had really high anxiety and really bad depression. And you were asking me about that earlier. Um, and, you know, they they tried all the medicines. And she said, she's at, you know, I'm at wit's end. I don't know what to do. And, you know, my partner said, just try tomes, just try it and see, you know, you're against the wall. What do you have to lose? And she said, nothing. I'll try it. No problem. So um, she gave it to her daughter and, you know, they started listening to it. And we got a phone call um, about a month later and it was a very happy phone call. Um, The woman in question had, you know, she just a lot of her anxiety and depression and uh, her agoraphobia had disappeared. She was actually leaving the house. She was going to her job, uh, which she had found another one because previously she had gotten fired. Um, She had issues when she was driving to work that no longer occurred. Uh, So she was able to drive herself to work. Um, There was, you know, it was a life changing experience for her. So just to wrap this up, how does it work practically? There isn't an app, although an app is being worked on, but you can download the the tonalities from the Tomes website. And Toby says he still hasn't come across headphones that we're able to sleep in, but there are other ways that you can listen to this while you sleep. Best way to listen to it right now, um, you know, would be just in open air and on a, on a, uh, Bluetooth, a Bluetooth speaker of some kind. Right. Um, and just, you know, set it next to the bed or across the room. And if you're one of those people out there who, you know, has to have the television on or whatever when you sleep because of the white noise, um, you know, set this at about the same level, just, you know, below the fan level if you have a fan in the room. So it just kind of interacts with it. Um, but, you know, with the TV, just turn off the TV. You don't need the white light. The white light will kill the melatonin, uh, which is the chemical used to put you to sleep that your body produces. Um, so, yeah, the white light and the blue light from the phone, that kills melatonin. And so that's why you're up all night and you can't go to sleep. Uh, one thing that speaking to him really made rammed home for me was how how much we sort of abuse our our kind of or we don't take enough care about sleep mm. and and we sort of we're quite I'm speaking personally and not for anyone else but sort of quite a flippant attitude to just ah it's time for bed I'm just going to go to bed whereas you know to get the very best regenerative sleep possible there's different ways you can do you can uh, different your things sleep. yeah massively and just right? just things like you shouldn't be on your phone before going to bed mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff but I am intrigued to give this uh, just to see what it sounds like I would give it a go just for one night and see what happens. But I, I think it, it's it's one of those things that will take multiple recurring. You need to really stick with it. It's like yeah. anything. It's like it's it's like doing anything, like meditation. You can't just meditate after one effort. You right. need to dedicate a significant amount of time to actually get reap the benefits from it. But I definitely I do believe there's something in it. Yeah, I mean, I would try it. I wonder though. I mean, he said it took about a year for him to start to see results. About a month for some of those other case studies he mentioned. I mean, I'd be curious to try it for. A 
week or two weeks and see what happens. If it's not too annoying to listen to, I'm quite curious about what this sounds like as well. Yeah, you can find out more about it on tomes.com, T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com. Heavy metal, believe it or not, Sonal, was the fastest growing musical genre on the planet in 2019, which I blew my mind. I didn't know people still listened to heavy metal. Nor did I. Outside of like a niche audience. Nor did I. Or, ni- you know, a group of fans. Took me aback. So yeah. I-, I wanted to get Toby's assessment of where the metal music scene and the music scene in general is currently now. He's old school, of course, so you can kind of expect where this might go. I'm actually not too sure because I think, as you do, that it it was, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, all through the 90s, right? So... You know, today's metal scene, there is one. I know that for a fact, Um, you know, as I've been mixing a few of these records. But at the same time, it's kind of, you know, where is it? It's it's the same place it was back then. It's, you know, things rock in a 20-year cycle. So I think it's, you know, I think we're at that 20-year cycle here where it's, you know, this, this type of music is coming back. I think that today's musician is a lot less... uh schooled if you will um you know and seasoned uh because you know there hasn't been tours for the past couple of years unfortunately and you know that that led to a whole bunch of people being very creative because you know they have to have we had to have some outlet right it's not as professional as it used to be right so so yes everything does change but at the same time is it for the better is it for the betterment of music or the artists? I don't think so. I think that it was was better then with you know analog tape and so on and so forth, and it just had a fresher, you know, just a more palatable sound than today's, technically speaking, today's music. I asked Toby what his overall style, his approach to being a producer was, and he said rigidity was the worst offense you could commit when it comes to producing because you can't be cookie cutter. There's no such thing as a tried and tested formula. Every single artist that he worked with required a very unique and fresh approach. And he was known for being a creative soul. And one such moment of creative improvisation came during his work with the band Korn, as he explains here. The intro of Freak on a Leash. You know, we were just looking for different type of sounds for that band because they were, you know, right then, right on the cutting edge. And, you know, we kind of had a good idea that that record was going to be a statement that would live on in the band's history forever. And we were right. Um, and, you know, it was just that time for them. And so, you know, I, I felt like I had to be very, very creative with the sounds. And so one of the things I did was I put, um, you know, just, I think Monkey was playing the line or whatever, and I went, you know, I kind of wanted a Leslie sound, you know, like the, you know, the circular type thing, go back and forth, left to right, but I didn't want that exact type thing. So uh, there was a fan that was like running really slow out in the, just cause it was weird, I guess. Um, and so I mic'd that, uh, you know, and put a, a little oratone speaker behind it and pumped the guitar sound through that. And, and that's, that's the tone you hear on, uh, Freak, Freak on a Leash. So it's like a whirring guitar yeah. sound, which is a guitar played through an amplifier placed in front of a garden variety house fan. Um, I love used, stories like that. Yeah. You get that sense of like pure creative innovation of seeing a solution for something in the most unexpected place. Exactly. So, of course, I clipped up the song yeah. just to see what it sounded like. And this is that whirring guitar sound that you can hear on the song Freak on a Leash. 
Something takes a part of me Something lost and never seen it's interesting. Oh, it's very, very interesting to kind of figure out how they do this. And often it can be some of the most perfunctory yeah. solutions to quite sort of sophisticated kind of ambitions. Um, Toby, just to wrap things up, he says he never got starstruck in studio. He never worried about the celebrity of bands he produced for. For him, it was always about messing around, just loving making music. The, the quote unquote, you know, fame or whatever of of making records that you know love that millions of people love that in itself you know it's just a, a congratulatory uh you know thing to me right so you know cuz we just get you know we just get in the studio and we make music and you know I try not to think about the outside world and how this is going to be appreciated or not appreciated by them because you know if if I'm you know to be honest I would cower in the corner if I had all those thoughts about, oh, my God, should, should we play a G or an A right here? I don't know. Oh, my God. Uh, so what was so-and-so going to think? And what's so-and-so going to think? And you can't think like that. You just have to make music, right? And so, you know, and, and if people like it, great. And if people don't, great. You're, I don't, you know, it's going to be really, really hard to get, you know, a couple of billion people to like one song. But when you do, you know, that's that's all you got to do is just that one song. Even if that song happens to be Baby Shark, <laughs> which a couple of billion people have watched on YouTube. Listen, Toby would have nothing to do with that. He would turn his nose up, I know for a fact, at that song. But thank you so much to Toby for spending a lot of time. Probably one of the best audios we've ever had on an interview because, of course, he did it live from his studio. I know. Well, I, felt like we were, I felt like we were doing kind of um, late night radio there. Yeah, really something nice. Something kind of that perfect yeah. padded sound effect that gives you that feeling. I loved it. And I also just found him so fascinating. Yeah. As a musician, but also as somebody who just likes to tinker with things and, and figure things out. Exactly. Yes. He's, he's, he, he kind of lives for exploration, I think, in, in the way that he's approached to self-healing and, of course, music as well. You can find out more on tobywrightmusic.com. He has a podcast called My Right Stuff, which is available wherever you find your podcasts. And the Tomes website, it is tomes.com. And it's a bit of an interesting spelling, this. T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S. Com. The Offscript Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 